Welcome to this exciting episode of the Real Estate Ballers Show. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing a powerful couple out of Seattle. Paul and Denise Meyer have been in real estate for 20 years, and they are truly passionate about real estate and helping people. So join us on this journey of 1,000 houses bought. Hey, if you found this episode entertaining and enjoyable, we love to hear from you. Writing a review takes just 60 seconds, but it's like a warm hug on a rainy day for our team. You are listening to The Real Estate Ballers Show. I'm your host, V. Lee. This is the show where I interview upcomers, doers, and ballers of the real estate investing world. I want to bring you real life lessons and takeaways so that you can make smarter decisions about investing in real estate and accelerating your real estate businesses. The purpose is to help you to reach your financial freedom in real estate investing faster. Okay, so we got Tanise and Paul in the house, and I'm going to let them do a quick introduction to you, the audience. So Tanise and Paul, welcome to the Real Estate Baller Show. Take it away. Awesome. Thanks, V. That's awesome. Uh, I know we've been, we've been having the fortunate opportunity to be able to work with you over the last five years with Homevestors, so this is an honor to be on your podcast. Thank you very much. Okay, so Paul and Tanise Myers. Yep. Uh, we have been in the real estate investing business for 20 years, and for the last five, we have been with home investors. Uh, I actually have a corporate technology background. Paul has an engineering background, um, and together we are an awesome husband and wife team. We get to go out and talk yeah. with uh, people that have found themselves, a lot of times it's just an ugly situation. Uh, and they're looking for that lifeline, and, and that uh, allows us to come in and talk with them to figure out if we're able to be uh, an option for them to buy their house. And uh, what else want to add? We actually have two franchises with home investors. We, have one, we actually live in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and we have one in Spokane here in covers North Idaho. We have a franchise in Seattle, Washington, too. That's actually where we started in Seattle, Washington. I can tell you since we started the journey with home investors, uh, we now have uh, rental portfolios in multiple states. We have short-term and long-term rentals. Um, and over the last 20 years, I can say, uh, and with the with the growth through home investors as well, we've done probably close to 1,000 properties between assignments, wholesales, buys, sales, um, rentals. And my, whole my past prior to home investors. Yeah, over well, the 20 years. Probably close to 1,000 different doors that mm -hmm. we've done uh, over those 20 years. So. You know, the stories are incredible. The relationships that we build with, with people along the way have been incredible as well. So it's been exciting. Wow. I actually did not realize that you guys have been in real estate for 20 years because I only met you about five years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. And how time flies. Amazing. 1,000 properties and 20 years in the business. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, we're going to congratulate you yeah, for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, right. not many people make past that point, right? It's been fun, though, I tell you. It took time. Yeah. What market are you guys in? So we're, we're, again, we're in the Seattle market and Spokane and North Idaho. So we basically cover all the entire state of Washington and all of North Idaho. Seattle market. Tell us about it when, like, COVID first hit, because I knew a lot of people were running out of Seattle then, but you guys didn't run. You guys stay. 
we started like it's in 2002. We started buying rentals, so we kind of survived through the the 2008 shutdown, you know, the slowdown, everything as well. And uh, the COVID thing was not that too bad in Seattle as far as house sales. In fact, house sales took off in Seattle during the pandemic, so everything sold even better during the pandemic. So which was just kind of odd. And Seattle itself has always been isolated from a lot of major. Uh, economic downturn. Seattle's always been isolated in the market. Even in 08, didn't change as bad as other parts of the country. We've always been isolated. So COVID really didn't do much to us besides scare us a little bit as far as, oh no, what do we, how do we buy? We started realizing that everything we buy would sell over list immediately. I mean, we had appreciation gains of 20, 30% of houses. There was investors buying houses and doing nothing to it, sitting on it for six months and making 60 to 100,000 more. That didn't get anything in the house. That's how crazy short supply houses are in Seattle. So you guys started 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Were you then full-time? One of you were full-time or both of you were part-time? No, so we started, we, so we, we bought our first house in 1999 and we just got married. And uh, a couple years after we decided to buy a rental house where all our friends were out buying boats and stuff, we decided to buy a second house. So we bought a rental house and that was passive income started then. Yeah. And it kind of got the bug of real estate investing. So we did that. We kept it all the way up till I think 2010, we started buying more rentals again. And that's the same time I got a real estate broker's license in Washington. So I was working for an engineering firm. Um, I was basically their business development, um, senior estimator and inspector. So I did that all the way up to 2013 before I, I quit. And the reason I did is because back then we were buying bank-owned houses off the market. And I was rehabbing them. I had my own crews. It was fun. It was easy. So that's when I started full-time doing it and not having a W-2 job. Yeah. That's when it really started. And... And I kept kept advancing. I had we did multiple projects. I did projects with other other investors. I helped them through the process. I'd list them back. I would fix them up anywhere. I mean, we we did hundreds of houses. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until about 2016 and 17, as you know, market really was improving, so it's hard to get leads. You know, the, the, the auctions were out, bank loans were kind of gone. So that's when I started finding homebusters. Actually, I knew a homebuster franchise in Seattle. Uh, he's no longer with with homebusters. However, I um, listed his house for him. So I saw the house when he bought it. How much you bought it for? I'm like, how did you get this? So that's when I got to get hooked on the lead source of home industries. So we just kept we just kept building it from there. Yeah. Meanwhile, with wings going, go go baby go, yep. you got this, you know. And on the real estate side of things, and I'm over in the corp tech world, and uh, and Paul got to a point when we joined home investors, we had to make that that business decision and also a family decision. Mm-hmm. Do I retire and step away from that world of corporate technology sales or do I and come help build a business or do we hire someone to help grow the business? And we ended up making that family decision. It was a tough decision, it was a scary decision to walk away from Microsoft, who I was with for 10 years at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the family benefits. You know, that's a tough conversation to have, but yeah. so glad we did it. Uh, was yeah, that can be scary for a lot of people. Like, I mean, myself, I've been an uh, independent person for a long time. So that, and plus, I'm fairly healthy. So that's never been a concern for me, that healthcare side of thing. But I can see for a lot of people, it can be very scary to make that decision. Mm-hmm. So you became the business first official employee's owner or co owners, you say? Yeah, business partners. There you go. So at what point did you guys decide to bring in a first employee? Yeah. So that would have been our buyer in Seattle. Yeah. And that was within six months of our first franchise with, with Homevestors. What made you decide to do that? It made sense at the time. I mean, it, it, frankly, Seattle is a very big market. Mm-hmm. 
and there's a lot of travel. Um, it's a lot of counties, and there's a lot of traffic, and it's a lot of, you just, we realized we couldn't, we live way up north, north of Seattle, so we just couldn't service it as well. Mm-hmm. And it was getting to a point where if I had to go out and all bike calls and spend, you know, three to six hours of traffic, I couldn't do anything else. So, as you know, in in this real estate investing world, a lot of people, you know, they're a one-man show, but I, I believe that you can only do so much. One person can only do so much. So if you if you let let loose a little bit of the range, let other people help you, you can do more and make more money doing that. Because you one person or two people doing it, you can't get tapped out. There's only so many bills you can pay and things you can organize and be in front of a computer and drive and commute. You just can't do it. So we realized pretty quick in order to grow, we needed somebody to take some of the responsibility off of our shoulders so that they can uh, uh, help build our business so we can focus on uh, the back end of the business, how to fix the houses better, how to better processes, better systems, things like that. Yeah. Things that business owners should be doing versus out there actually doing the basic stuff, right? So you recognize that importance of having uh, re- release that control that you want to have, right? And hand it over to someone else. This episode is brought to you by Buzz Vacation Rentals, a premier property management company in Houston and Galveston. Give Buzz a call today if you need help in managing your short-term and vacation rental properties at 281-549-8432 or visit their website at buzzvacationsrentals.com. Now back to the Real Estate Baller Show. Yeah, give, give up some responsibility. Let someone else do it. Otherwise, you just, you're just you capped out. You just can't. And I know we, we help a lot of other homeless or franchisees, and some of them have the same thing. They, they, they like to do the remodel themselves. They like to you know, buy, buy and do all that, but you can't remodel a house, take buy calls, go sit in traffic, go home, you know, find financing, um, pay bills, deal with the problems. You just see pretty soon you, you burn yourself out. So we didn't want to do that. No. Like you said earlier, you can't do it all. Right. No, there's people try. Balance. We want that. We wanted that work life. That was another reason why we left the the corporate technology world or the W two yeah. world, right? To help find that balance yeah. uh, within ourselves and even the team itself too. So, Seattle, we have a full time buyer out there. We use uh, real estate uh, broker Janae as well for all of our listings. She also helps with the project management as well. Mm-hmm. Um, here in the Spokane and North Idaho area, we have another. We call she likes the title relationship manager because she's out there building relationships with the sellers, but she's our buyer. Um, and then we have an office manager. We actually have a brick and mortar office, a retail okay. brick and mortar office here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So again, you can be your own one man shop or you can grow it as big as you want to. That's what I love about it. So how many people are in your operation today beside you two? Four, four really full, t- that's the core. And then from there we go out. Are they all local? Do they have to show up to the office every day? No. Our office manager primarily, we want her, we need someone here at the office because people walk in all the time. Yeah. Um, but our buyer, we want her out in the field uh, here and also in Seattle. Uh, our Seattle gal, she works out of her house. Um, and when the phone rings, she'll book the appointments and go out and make it happen. Yep. Um, and, we, and we commute back and forth quite a bit. So yep. we were over in Seattle at least once or twice a month. So let's change the pace a little bit. Look back at your past 20 years. At what point in your business that you would identify this as? This is my turning point. Was it joining Home Investors? No, I think it was definitely when we opened this franchise yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, I know that we, you know, Denise and I made a switch. We actually physically moved ourselves to Idaho from Seattle. So that was a turning point. We opened this office over here and actually had a brick and mortar office. Uh, before, we always had an office in our uh, in our house. And we had a separate space for it, which was nice, but really became more like a, an official business once you have an actual storefront. You actually have a presence 
I actually have a presence in the community and the um, Chamber of Commerce and things like that. That's kind of a big changer for us, too. Definitely made it feel less like a hobby and definitely more like a business. Yeah, business. I would agree. Yeah. I think that connection with the local community, that was a big turning point mm -hmm. for, for both of us. And just the fact that that's still an opportunity for um, individuals and businesses uh, in, in the United States, I think is just such a, it feels good. It feels right. You know, so that's, that was really neat. And we continue to do that. Yeah. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss another show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. That's great. So your turning point is when you actually got a brick-and-mortar business location. Mm -hmm. And that makes you feel like you validated as a business owner. Yeah. And I don't think we realized the full um, scope of that until we actually, you know, got into the office and put the signs up. And, and you know, the other piece, too, that, that we're realizing is by having that brick and mortar, there's that there's still a perception out there in the community. They don't understand what we really do and how we really work. And so it's given us that opportunity in the platform on a broader scale to go out and talk with the community or have them come and talk with us on, on a very easy, neutral scenario. Um, because it's, it is interesting, the education level, at least out here in the Pacific Northwest and the Inland Northwest, um, is still needed. So there's still, there's still some room and opportunity to share what we do and how we do it. Yep. All right, here, let's get into the couple thing. All right, I'm sure you guys, you guys are lovely and you love each other, but I'm sure you have disagreement. Well, from time to time. When that happens, who... <laughs> Who really set the foot down and say, this is the way we're going to do it? <laughs> well, I think, I think there's variables there. That's what it is. Uh, we've been married now for 23, up on 23 years. Uh, I think for Paul and I, you know, there's those, there's moments in um, a scenario where we're trying to get a point across or we're not agreeing on something or, um, but I think we've learned how to use our words and communicate but I think tone is the other one, too. I can tell by his tone and he can tell by my tone uh, in a scenario who's going to really win that conversation. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it depends on what it is, really. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. pretty consistent on most everything, yeah. usually. The other fun thing that we've done over the last five years, V, you'll appreciate this, is Ken Chanel's Four Strengths Profile. Yeah. So when we first filled that out, I'm like, this is the stupidest thing. I'm like, it frustrated me. I didn't like any of the answer options that I had, right? But we didn't. Uh -huh. And uh, today, what we've done is Paul and I have sat down and done a four strengths uh, profile together with Ken Chanel. So we did a, a an hour long call with him and he broke down and I'm sitting here going, Ken, have you been in our relationship for the last 23 years? Like, <laughs> how, how are you identifying these little pieces and parts about us? So it helped us bridge that. We've done that with our daughter as well. We've also done that with each one of our team members. And as a way to really understand how they work and operate so that we can fully support them and vice versa, mm -hmm. so they can also understand, okay, it, Denise just got triggered off of something. So what was that? How can I help support her? And no, it was nothing personal. That's just a trigger that happened in the scenario or whatever, right? But uh, so we've used uh, Ken Chanel's Four Strengths Profile quite a bit over the last five years to help, again, I think with communication level. The other big thing that we discovered early on, and we've stuck to this, is know your strengths in the relationship. Paul's strengths is on the construction uh, side of things, 
and my strengths more on the sales and marketing side of things. So we've really supported each other in those strengths within the business as well. When it comes to construction, it's funny. We'll go out to a job and people are asking me questions. I'm like, uh-uh, that's not me. You don't talk yeah. to him. He's, he's, this is his world. It's his decisions. So go there. And so we really support each other quite, uh, quite heavily in that area as well. I agree. Earlier, you had said you guys use the four strength profile. Now, some of our listeners are not home investors, and obviously, they don't have access to the four strength profile. Um, but I do agree with you that every business, every operation, should use a form of a personality test to understand more about who they bring in on. Yeah, and, you know, and for for us, we use a lot of the disc tests and. I know the disc a little bit better than I do know the four strings. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of them out there. there yeah. Lots of them out there. Uh, we've really leveraged Ken Chanel in that journey for us because he's been mm -hmm. readily available and he was the creator of, or I think he helped build, build that particular four strength. So what we've done is I can, you know, when I get a pro, like for that, when we hired our office manager, we had her fill out a four strings. I sent it over to Ken. I said, just based on her profile, does she, do you believe, She's going to be a good fit in this role, and and I'm uh, I'm part of the team, and gave all the feedback, and that was that helped us make that other business business decision to bring her on too. So there's a whole process behind that. Totally agree with you, and I cannot tell you how many times I said I should have just trust that that profile, you know, <laughs> yeah. instead of trusting my gut. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what is next for you on this journey? What's next, love? keep growing yeah you know i don't think there's a really a, an end or anything it's no you know we're retiring or anything we just keep growing and keep having fun yeah you know keep doing this and get more more properties and try to get some more rentals on a different market probably yeah we're looking to grow so we are also um so with with home investors v you know this there are development agents and paul and i are development agents for you know the the northwest area here washington idaho as well so we are looking to actively grow. So along with us, you know, working with uh, our, our two franchises to grow that, uh, we also get to help onboard, support, mentor, coach uh, new franchise owners as they come into the territories as well. So Paul and I get to travel a lot. We're all, all, all over Idaho State, all over Washington. We've even gone into Montana, um, Wyoming as well. So that's been fun for us, right? We get to meet with new investors. You know, what are you doing? How are you doing it? Are you looking for these types of things? If you are, great. It's a fit. If it's not, that's okay too. That'll be right for um, the particular people coming in that are wanting to do what we do. Yeah. Um, and not everyone wants to go sit in the house and, and, you know, do that kind of stuff. So it just depends upon what people want to do. But we are enjoying that piece of it. Uh, so that's also on our horizon is, is growing that and having that on a larger scale. Um, as well as um, we don't have any sites to stop buying, so yeah, especially especially grow Idaho, it's very un um, unpopulated with homebusters. Yeah, there's a lot of room for growth. Yeah, so. that's awesome. That's yeah. very awesome. What um, advice do you have for your new? I, I, I'm not going to say young, but new people, new investor coming into the playground. You know, right now I'm seeing so much, especially through social, in terms of coaches and mm -hmm. mentors. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing a ton of that, um, and people are spending a lot of money on those types of things. So if I was to give some advice to people is do your homework, figure out what you really want to do. If you're looking for that one-off coach or mentor, that's the right path for you, then great. But if you're looking for something that's truly like a business in a box in terms of real estate and investing, the full thing that includes mentors and coaches, 
not only locally but nationally, then you need to look at more of an actual business model and not just a coach or a mentor. So whether you're starting out or you're seasoned or you're or, or whatnot, um, really take that time to do the research because there's a lot of there's a lot of information sitting out there in terms of that, and, and it can get overwhelming. So uh, that that's my two cents. What do you think? I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think people have to be patient. They have to they have to realize that investing in real estate is not um, super. It's not, at the end of the day, it's not super easy to do. There's always pitfalls, and everyone end up losing here and there, but they, they learn lessons. And so you have to be willing to, to put forth the effort to do it and work hard. I mean, it's not, if it was easy, everyone would do what we do. And it's, it has its challenges like anything, but it's, it, it works through it. The good support network really helps. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, last two questions. What is the one thing that people might be surprised to learn about you guys? Oh. Uh, well, we own a gold mine in Alaska. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Learn to do that. Gold mine in Alaska? Yeah, yeah, we do. We do own part of a gold mine in Alaska. All it's right. a rec- recreational mine, but it's actually from Chase's family. Because Chase grew awesome. up in So yeah. uh, we do. We own that. And what else do we do? I do paranormal investigations. Oh, yeah. Paranormal investigations. Yeah. He walks in with suitcases. Par- 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 <laughs> my daughter and I are paranormal investigators, so we go around the country and do research on that. So yeah. something most Keep them away from me. <laughs> Most people didn't know that about us. So. so, just some fun things we go and do. Yeah. Yeah. Now you guys are moving up on the list of the interesting guests I have interviewed. Yeah, that's different, isn't it? I can't say anyone has done that before. On a gold mine and do paranormal activity. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Lastly, how does the audience get in touch with you? Oh, okay. That's a great question. That's a good so, question for you. Uh, Paul and Denise Myers. Um, so, uh, let's think here. You can look me up on Facebook or LinkedIn. There's not a lot of Tanises out there. It's T as in Tom, A, N as in Nancy, I C E. Uh, last name is Myers, M Y E R S. On the email, you got Tanise.Myers at homebesters.com. For Paul, it's Paul.Myers at homebesters.com. Yep. And you want a phone number? Yeah, my phone number is 208. 208- Six nine nine seven two zero six, or you got me at the two zero eight six nine nine four zero seven two. There we go. Thanks for joining us today. It's been a real estate blast chatting with Denise and Paul Myers, and we hope you learned something new about real estate investing. If you're craving more, join our Facebook group RE Ballers for more real estate talk. And from wherever you are listening to your podcast. Make sure to hit that subscribe button on the Real Estate Ballers so you never miss another show. But wait, there's more. If you got some serious value out of this episode, we would be grateful if you could give us a five-star rating, write us a love letter, or even just share the show with a friend who needs some real estate inspiration. Thank you for being a part of the Real Estate Ballers community.